Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton. If you're a regular listener, you may have been expecting part two of our fun Q&A episode, building on last week's part one. I had the opportunity to head down to the Sea Otter Classic in Monterey, California on Friday, and I was able to pick up a few short interviews that I thought were worth sharing. There's some great imagery and stories coming out from that storied event that I thought it would be good to share in a timely fashion. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Sea Otter Classic, it's an event that's been going on for, I believe, 31 years in Northern California. It's got a rich history, starting with mountain bike racing, and later added almost every discipline you can imagine to its four-day weekend calendar. It's also become quite a large consumer show for the bike industry, so there's booths from hundreds of manufacturers from around the world. I took the opportunity to catch up with some old friends and do some quick interviews with some gravel companies that I think you might be interested in. This will also serve as the jumping off point for a few longer form interviews I'll do later in the year. This year's October date was pandemic related. The event normally takes place in April, so it will be coming back around on our calendar shortly in 2022. Of note, the Sea Otter Classic was purchased by Lifetime back in August of 2021, so this is the first edition produced by the Sea Otter team owned by Lifetime. Regardless of what type of cyclist you are, if you don't mind a huge crowd, the Sea Otter Classic is a great place to geek out over great parts, watch some killer racing, and enjoy the Monterey Bay Peninsula. With all that said, let's jump right into my 10 interviews throughout the Sea Otter Classic. Yeah, this is Andrew here with BMC USA. And what are we looking at here? Today we're looking here at our brand new Urz LT, Urz known as Unrestricted, our gravel bike that's ready for any trail you can throw at it. Yeah, tell us about some of the features. The, the frame's been in market for maybe a year last season, but it's got some significant upgrades that I can just tell by looking at it today. Totally, yeah. So the new addition at the end of the name there, LT for long travel comes with our new MTT fork, which is micro travel technology. Tell us a little bit more about the suspension. Uh, so with the MTT on the rear, you have a uh, carbon flex chainstay that allows for 20 mils of rear wheel travel, damped with an elastomer that's at the top, allows you to maintain traction while you're on trails. But the new addition with the fork here is a new partnership with High Ride, which is a high-end, uh, they come from the motorsport side of things. And they've made a new damper, which has allowed for 20 mils of oil-damped suspension that allows it to not overheat like a spring-driven system would be and still has the capabilities of locking out all in a lightweight package that doesn't affect the geometry whatsoever. Now, for the uninitiated, when you look at this bike, you may not notice where the suspension is happening. Can you tell us it's not two telescoping fork legs? Can you tell us how it's happening? Yeah, it's happening all essentially in the steer tube. So the entire damper unit is at the base of the steer, makes it so that it's super clean, simple, doesn't disrupt the lines of the bike, but still has a super effective method of getting you uh, more traction on the trails. Nice. And the bike is made out of what frame material? Uh, it's a full carbon frame, and even the fork itself has carbon lowers, so carbon in full suspension. Nice. It's a great-looking bike, great execution, and I appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Okay, can I get your name and company name? Yeah, I'm Art with Kogel Bearings. Thanks, Art. And what are you showing here at Sea Otter? Uh, we have a line of fully gravel-approved oversized derailleur cages, so we build them super stiff, so you can take them off. We just introduced a line of custom-colored titanium bolts, so you can get your entire bike matched up. I was just talking to one of your colleagues, because one of the things from the outside when I've looked at these products, 
was the complexity of installing it. Could you describe like what you need to do to your existing rear derailleur to install the product? The installation of an oversized cage requires you to take your derailleur apart, so not just remove it from the bike, but completely take it off in pieces. It's, there's no set procedure, so depending on your model of derailleur, some are super easy, some are definitely recommended to bring to a bike shop. And it's really just removing the existing cage, and depending on how, whether it's SRAM or Shimano, how complicated they make that process, that's really what makes it complicated or not complicated. Is that correct? Correct, yes, and there's no line. One derailleur from a brand might be easy, and the same derailleur from, or another derailleur from the same brand might be complicated. And just really quickly, could you tell the listener what is the advantage of going for one of these bigger pulley systems? Absolutely. The idea behind it is to open up the chain. So by using a bigger wheel, the chain doesn't have to articulate as much as it has around a small pulley. Bending a chain takes, takes energy, so by this you reduce the friction by about one or two watts. Awesome. Thanks, Art. Thanks. All right, can I get your name and company? Yeah, sure. My name is Ben Edwards. I work with Specialized. I'm part of the road and gravel team. Nice. Ben, can you tell us about the new crux we're looking at? Yeah, we're super stoked to bring the all-new Crux to riders. This thing just dropped yesterday. And I think people know the Crux as a cross bike, right? This is like a world championship riding cross bike. But the little, the kind of the dirty secret Crux always had is that it was a badass gravel bike. And so the new Crux, while it retains a lot of that performance heritage from the cross side, is really embracing that, that gravel identity. But beyond that, we've used our Athos, which if any of the riders know the Athos, it's a 585 gram road frame. We found a way to make these crazy light and cr incredibly riding um, road bikes out of carbon. We've now taken those learnings to the crux. So the new crux, the, the frame set for S-Works, 725 grams. And you're looking at a complete bike at 7.2 kilos, which is almost unheard of on the road side with a stock bike. And that's what we're doing in gravel now. So that's a key thing that makes that bike the unbelievable ride quality it delivers is that incredible lightweight, which is pretty unheard of in gravel. Beyond that, we've added some incredible capability by making sure it has room for 47C tires. So you can, hey, you want to race on the, the 38s? Awesome. You're going to get into some rough terrain. It's got room for those 47s on there. Incredible capability, for sure. Nice. I was going to ask you about some of the additional capabilities that have been built in this model versus the older, kind of more pure cross-bike crux that people had. Yeah, for sure. So that, that, that tire clearance is a big one. We know... For a while there, 40 was thought of as, hey, 40 is the right size for gravel. We know now these bikes are capable of so much more. So we really feel like to unlock the bike's potential, riders have to be able to say, hey, maybe I want to put a 47 on it. Or with a bike like this, 725 gram frame, it's pretty amazing on the road. If you want to have another set of wheels and throw a set of 28s or 30s on it, you've got an amazing platform that allows you to do that. If you thought about the gravel market on a spectrum from sort of a road plus bike to an adventure bike packing bike, where would you describe this new crux as sitting? Yeah, this thing is, it's honestly the perfect complement to our, with that diverge, you've got that incredible suspend the rider, really compliance without any compromise, with that future shock. So that's really what we're looking at is like adventure, explore bike, or like crazy long miles when that comfort's key. This is really sitting on that performance side of the spectrum, right? When you want that more stripped down, super nimble, race day, or just real fast gravel riding. That's really what that crux is holding down for us now. While it, it, we should also mention, this is still what our World Cup cross riders are gonna be on. And we've had riders like uh, Jed Nextibar, World Cyclocross Champion. He'll be racing this bike as his key cross bike. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for checking in. Okay, can I get your name and company? Yeah, Jason McCune with uh, U Sports. 
Thanks, Jason. What are we looking at here today? Today we've got our line of Epic hydration packs. We're looking specifically at the Epic 8. For those of you that are familiar with our brand, our kind of our claim to fame is the harness. It's a one buckle harness system. You've got four-way adjustability on all four sides and it's got elastic built into it as well. So you can really cinch it down and move around on the bike without the pack moving on you. That's really what people who are riding mountain bikes and doing all these activities really wanna, wanna have. Yeah, as I've seen some of the athletes like Amanda Nauman ride it, you know, that crossover strapping mechanism is what's most visually noticeable about the pack. And now that I'm, I've gotten the overview from you and looking at it more closely, I do see how that the sort of the hip side straps are highly adjustable and tunable. Yeah, so you can adjust from the sides that go into the arms that come that way and then also over the shoulders. So it's really nice. And, and even when you get it tightened up, up on you, it's got elastic. So when you're moving around on the bike, you, it allows the freedom of your body to move and the pack's just staying where it's at. That's the beauty of it. It's not bouncing all over the place. It just becomes really part of your body. The first pack you showed me, do you still get access to a typical cycling jersey pocket? So I'm glad you asked me that because yeah, like for, especially for like gravel enthusiasts and stuff like that, it, the packs are designed so they sit up high. So if you're running Lycra, and you still want access to your pockets to get goose or something real quick, yeah, all that stuff's totally accessible, and that's what makes that's part of the beauty of it. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Okay, can I get your name and your company? I'm Bryce with Alchemy Bicycles. Bryce, what are we looking at here today? This is our all-new Alchemy Rogue. This is the latest addition to our gravel lineup. We still have the Ronin, which is going to be our kind of racier, fast, steeper geometry gravel bike. The Rogue, we wanted to be more of an adventure offering, so this bike's going to have a little bit longer wheelbase, clearance for bigger tires. We wanted to build it with the SRAM UDH so that you get a little bit more peace of mind. You don't have to worry about throwing your chain you don't have to worry about, you know, that rear derail you're taking knocks so much. And a lot slacker geometry. So we got a 70 degree head tube angle on this thing. So it can really be a lot more capable and stable on that. We also designed it to have a lot more compliance than the Ronin. So you'll notice the scalloped seat stay as well as the dropped, or sorry, the scalloped seat tube as well as the dropped seat stays. That's going to give you a lot better comfort, rugged terrain. Designed it with capability to run a wireless or hydraulic dropper post. Still has a big beefy bottom bracket shell, so when you get out of the saddle, you're going to have that power transfer that you want. Nice. Can you specify what tire size this bike will run? At least 700 by 50C. You could probably get a little bit bigger on that depending on your wheel and tire combo. Plenty of size there. And talk a little bit about your manufacturing process and where you're doing that. So we manufacture this bike in Denver, Colorado. This is a semi-monocoque construction. We produce the tubes individually. So like the down tube and head tube are one piece. The bottom bracket shell and seat tube, as well as the chainstay yoke are one piece. And then we wrap those tubes together in an overwrap process to join them. So we also do all of our own paint in-house. This bike is completely fabricated from the design stage to finishing right in Denver. Amazing. Now, this Rogue model is, has stock sizes. Your Ronin model is also available in custom sizes. Is that correct? That is correct. So the Rogue, we're trying to hit a little bit better price point and make the bike more accessible to people. We are offering a lot more stock sizes than we offer typically on our other bicycles. The Rogue is going to come in an extra small to an extra large. The Ronin is available in stock sizes, but we can do custom geo on that one. 
This rogue we're looking at has a beautiful finish to it. Can you talk about the finish? I think there's something unique about the way it's applied. Yeah, so we have started using Cerakote. It's been around for a little while in the bicycle industry, but as far as I know, we're the first people doing it in-house as a manufacturer. Cerakote is a pretty remarkable material in that it's extremely thin and at the same time extremely durable. So we get a really lightweight finish. We get something that you don't have to worry so much about your tire throwing rocks up into or leaning it against a tree. It's going to hold up really well, and it looks pretty phenomenal, too. Awesome. Congrats on the bike. It looks great. Thank you very much. All right, can I get your name and company? I'm Jeff Zell, and I'm with Paneracer. Jeff, good to see you. Let's talk a little bit about the Gravel King tire lineup, and specifically... As the Gravel King has grown in size, I know recently you introduced the 700 by 50. Can you just talk about the trends you're seeing and, and why Panorama is going that direction? Absolutely. You know, it's a really good question because we've been around with gravel since really the inception or the idea of the concept of gravel riding. And at that time, a lot of people were using cross bikes or other bikes with lower frame clearances that even a 32 was big for. But as the popularity of the sport grew and because we had seen what was happening, we were able to respond to that and create wider widths that were going to correspond with what frame manufacturers were doing because everyone wanted wider tires. So we went with a 35, people thought we were crazy, we went with a with 40, and then we ended up doing a 43 with, people thought we were really nuts. Today, 38s are really the gold, 38s to 40s, depending on who's making the tire, are really the the go-to for the tire width for people, and we continue to see the need to go bigger, which is where the idea for the 700 by 50 came from. What type of ride quality is the 750 providing for the rider? Is it What type of solution? Is it creating sort of suspension and volume and traction? Or are those all the things you're keying in? It is, and there's a little bit more to it than people really think. One of the biggest questions that we always get are, are, is what PSI should I ride my bike at? And so much of that is dependent on the type of riding you do, what kind of rider that you are, what the terrain is that you're riding on, and what you're looking to get out of it. When you go to a 50, you're looking for something that's going to end up being a little bit more comfortable, that you can run perhaps at a little bit greater pressure than you might normal on a lower, or I'm sorry, on a smaller diameter tire. Sorry, not smaller diameter, but smaller width tire. And that allows for a little bit more room to dial in exactly what you want with it and also load your bike up more for people that are wanting to take their gravel bikes more on adventures rather than just a two-hour gravel ride or a gravel event. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating as the frame designers have began to embrace those bigger sizes. You may run a 700 by 50 during certain parts of your season. Maybe it's the off-season when you're doing bikepacking. And then you can easily go a little bit narrower and go back down to that 700 by 40 for your race wheels. That's exactly right. And we want to have a tire there for everybody's needs. I'm a big fan of the Gravel King, and I'm a big fan of Panoracer. And I just wanted to acknowledge and appreciate the amount of support you've provided the gravel event scene over the years throughout the pandemic. I know that you guys continued to back a lot of the race course event organizers throughout the pandemic, and you've done it in 2021, and will continue to do it. So on behalf of this gravel rider and racer, thanks to Panoracer for all that great support. You're very welcome, Craig, and thanks for what you do, too. It's great to have you getting all the news about gravel out there. Cheers. All right, can you tell me your name and company? Yeah, I'm Dan Halida. Dan, can you tell us about Cushcore and how the product is evolving to support gravel cyclists? Yeah, so we launched a product or an insert for gravel bikes. Cushcore is an engineered foam insert, so it wraps inside your tire. 
So it's the tubeless system. You still use sealant if you need it. Um, and it's designed to do a few things. The obvious benefit, it's going to protect your rim from big impacts. But it's uniquely shaped, and it's part of our patent. It's like a wedge shape. So push it against the tire sidewall. So you get a stiff sidewall even at low tire pressure. So you can run the lower tire pressure without that getting a squirmy tire and also without dinging your rim or getting a pinch flat. Nice. And are you seeing riders run lower pressure now because of this type of product? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of feedback we get from gravel riders is that they, they can definitely run lower pressure and not, like I mentioned, eliminate that squirm while cornering and, and haven't got flats. Yeah, that rigidity of the sidewall seems appealing because obviously we've been lowering our pressure progressively to get more compliance, but there is a bottom line to that you can't go further then. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's another way we describe the product is it, it was designed to solve the tire pressure dilemma. So high tire pressure is good for stability, a nice stable tire, and, and less likely to ding your rim or get a pinch flat, but it's a bouncy ride. So you actually, it's high rolling resistance actually because it's not conforming to the road and then but low tire pressure is great for traction compliant tread patch for comfort but it's easy to pinch flat it's easy to ding your rim etc so with Kushcore, you can you know solve both of those problems get the best best of both worlds what does the installation process look like it's a completely sealed unit so obviously i've got my raw rim and and wheel in hand what's next yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, the Cush Core is made in a mold, so it's not zip-tied together or strapped together, and it's designed to fit tight against the rim. So we'll mount the, the insert on the rim first, and then basically drape the tire over that, and then start with one side by tucking the bead in with your hands. You get to the tight side, you might need a tire lever to finish that last little bit off. Now, when I'm doing my sealant insert, I'm pushing that through the, the valve core. Is that still possible? Yeah, yeah. So we... we that's how we do it as well. And then our valves are unique. It comes with a set. It actually has three holes. The normal, let's say, longitudinal hole, and then there's holes that go crosswise. So that allows the sealant to get in, allows you to set the air pressure with the cush core would be normally on top of a valve. And then also that allows you to clean that out real easily. Right on. Thanks for the overview. Yeah, thank you. All right, can I get your name and company? My name is David Rosen, and my company is Sage Titanium Bicycles. Dave, good to talk to you again. I'll reference our earlier episode in the show notes for people. But I did want to stop you here at Sea Otter and just talk about the new Storm King GP. Excellent. Happy to chat. What First thing, since we're, we have listeners, not viewers, you, you've got the Rudy suspension fork on there. The Rudy Ultimate suspension fork. Yes, it's fantastic. It's 40 millimeters of travel gravel fork it's really progressive like it's not what i was expecting it to be it was in the past other suspension forks that i've i've dealt with are a little bit harsher in terms of the travel this is a lot smoother and it just it works great on washboards that's the easiest way to describe it we talked in detail about the beautiful storm king that you brought to the envy show earlier this year how have you modified the storm king in lieu of the spec with the explorer grupo and the suspension fork so this one, I actually suspension corrected the geometry of the frame. So the axle to crown on this is taller than a standard NV Adventure fork, which I would use normally on the regular Storm Kings. And so as a result, 
I actually slackened out the head angle by a little bit, I think a quarter of a degree if I remember correctly, and then just changed up some of the other geometry measurements of the bike to really offset for the taller fork. The reach is actually similar on the handlebar reach on the, the regular Storm King versus the GP is similar, but the actual top tube length on the GP is longer. So I'm having you run a shorter stem, kind of more mountain bike-ish style because of the suspension fork and just accounting for dive in the fork and larger tires and that sort of thing. So an evolution of the standard Storm King design. When you were thinking about the GP versus the Storm King, Storm King was a very capable bike, still is an incredibly capable bike. What were you thinking differently? What type of rider were you thinking about when you came to the Storm King GP? Actually, a similar rider. It's definitely for adventure-style riding, bikepacking, long days in the country, that sort of thing. GP actually stands for Gifford Pinchot, which is actually the Gifford Pinchot National Forest, which is in southern Washington, so it borders right up against Oregon. And it's, I, I forget the numbers, but I want to say it's hundreds of thousands, or it's 100,000 square miles or something crazy. Look it up online, Gifford Pinchot National Forest, and there are the stats. And, but there's plenty of gravel, plenty of mountains, streams, lakes, all that sort of stuff. And it's a lot more backcountry adventure. And it's the same rider who was getting the Storm King originally, but now with the added suspension, it gives you a little bit more comfort for further adventures of just going deeper into the woods kind of thing. And so that was the purpose uh, for building a suspension corrected bike. Right on, Dave. Well, I appreciate you being progressive and thinking about the new types of riders that are entering the sport, the new types of things we're going to continue to do with these drop bar bikes. As always, the finish work is exceptional on the Sage bike, so I encourage everybody out there to go seek out a picture of this bike and, and ooh and ah over it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's up on our website, sagetitanium.com. SRAM has it. There's, it's floating around on social media, so just look for the Storm King GP, and it's the one and only. Right on. All right, can I get your name and company name? I'm John Dupre from Bowshield T9. John, I had to stop by because as I was just telling you, T9 is my favorite lube. Can you just talk a little bit more about what's behind the T9 lube? Absolutely. This is the, the thing about T9 is it's both a protection and a lube, and it's good in dry or wet environments. It's a wax-based lubricant. The carrier evaporates away after a few hours and you're left with just a wax coating. So if your chain gets dusty, it'll just rinse right off. If it gets wet, it'll slough off. You can use it in the winter. Snow won't stick to it. Everything good about T9 is everything that's good about T9. Now, just for clarity, it's a wax-based lube, but it isn't the type of solution that you have to remove the chain, soak it in wax, and put it back on. It's a lot simpler than that, right? It's old school in the sense that it's wax, but it's new school in the sense that you don't have to dip it into a pan of wax on your stove. True story. Exactly. Well, I love the lube. Appreciate you coming out. I hope that you have a great weekend here at Sea Otter. Oh, cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for stopping by. Enjoy the event. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Gravel Ride podcast. I hope you enjoyed those quick interviews from the Sea Otter Classic. I'm really excited to dig in deeper on the BMC bike we talked about, the Alchemy bike, and that Scott. Hopefully we can get those guys back on the show and do a little bit deeper dive into the intention behind those bikes. All three of them were quite sexy. In general, I had a blast down at Sea Otter. Between the 9,000 odd athletes competing and the hundreds and hundreds of spectators around, it's quite a big show, so it's not the same as going off to some of those gravel events we love off in the mountains where you get the serenity. But if you're a fan of the sport and a fan of geeking out over bike parts and you like to see the latest and greatest, 
The Sea Otter Classic is a great place to visit. It's like wandering around one giant bike shop. So that's going to do it for us. Next week, we'll be back with part two of our fun Q&A episode. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels. Bye.